Everybody and welcome to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast, episode 271. And this is going to be an episode that me and Claire are going to talk about two books, uh, Amazing Spider-Man and Power Pack. And the reason that it's late and the reason because it or the reason it's only two books is I've been trying to record a bunch of other things. I'm not feeling well. Uh, I still have the covid and I am really struggling today. I ended up, I wanted to get everything done for Wednesday night. And I had all this stuff and I think I might have overdone it. So I am going to just have the two things me and Clay talked about. And then we might be able to catch up on some things and also the X-Men stuff, all that. I apologize for all the stuff going down here. But eventually, when I can shake this, we will get back to a full out regular schedule, everything going on, because there's a bunch of books that I did really like this week, including Daredevil, the King and Black Taskmaster, our Taskmaster, the King and Black Thunderbolts, and Taskmaster, the Solo series by Jeb McKay. I really did like, but we're going to end up with me and Clay talking Spider Man and Power Pack. We really like Power Pack. And uh, also, with that, let me tell you go over to. The old Twitters at WS Marvel Comics. Follow us, we'll follow you back. Also, go to our website, WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com, I believe it is. And then also go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash Weird Science. One of the reasons I'm having problems is I had a bunch of shows hit, and I ended up, I think, like I said, I think I overdid it. But we have almost an hour show here anyway with these two books. It's just a shame because I really did enjoy some other things, but we'll catch up. We'll catch up with everything. Maybe have like a spotlight show where we get all the books that we missed and kind of throw them in together. But I hope that you enjoy this. And also, if you do go over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science, you can end up also hearing me and Brandone talking about the King and Black Black Panther and also the new Morbius book. So if you need a little more, you can go over there, hook us up, all that stuff for the stuff that we do. But again, I apologize. I will make it up to everybody, but here is the show. All right. And here I am and I'm with Clay as per the huge. And what's up, Clay? Uh, Nothing much. Just, uh, you know, uh, today I got through my second day of, or yeah, second day of school. No drinking today though. Drinking water. No. Well, that's good. Yeah. You, you can't drink every day after school, <laughs> then you'd be Brandon. <laughs> it's Brandon. Like, Brandon, it's every day of everything. Uh, speaking of old Brandon, I don't even think he's going to be on our regular podcast this week because he's having issues with uh, watching his kids. So it's going to be me and you, and then a lot of me, maybe. If not, we'll just be having a shorter thing. We shall see. Um, but me and you are going to talk about two books, The Amazing Spider-Man and Power Pack. And we have been obviously talking about The Amazing Spider-Man for a bit. And we've been hot and cold. We have really, at one point, we were more positive than a lot of people. We were really liking some of those side issues, the last remain stuff. Uh, but after that and going into this issue, and it feels like you said, even before we started, a lot of filler, a lot of things that uh, my my point is it's stuff that I realize ties in with the rest of the series and their things, loose ends, all the stuff. And it does continue to come out of the Kindred Last Remains deal, but we're continuing also to get stuff that I didn't necessarily need to see. Not, you know, the idea that. Kingpin is trying to resurrect his wife, all that I'm interested in, but to get there and then to go heavy on Mr. Negative, I know that people seem to like him a little more than I do, but also by the end of this, we get pretty much a giant table of tons of characters that are going to be involved, and you actually made the joke with me before we started that all you see are nine different filler issues coming up with each and every one of them, (laughs) and that's what I don't want. And 
reading all these and catching up and and me and you going in each time a spider-man comes up i'm not going to tell you that i am not a nick spencer fan i do actually like his writing and i get the idea brandon hates him brandon hates him from secret empire he's never going to change his mind but with me even these you know down issues because i do think this issue's down i i can't say it's poorly written it's never one of those where we have, you know, problems where with like a dance slot, where some of these issues, including the Oof. one we were going to do this week, which was a King and Black tie-in. And luckily it was a King and Black tie-in. So I could say to you, yeah, let's come back after the cuts. I tried to read it. <laughs> My head was spinning. I have problems already. So you know what I mean? Like Nick Spencer doesn't give you that. He actually gives you a decent enough written issue no matter what but it's just he veers away from you know the interesting stuff and he tends to get a little off track at times and that's what annoys me it's not the actual writing which i think he does a pretty good job of most of the time gets good artists all that you even mentioned that before but i'll give you the credits here and then we'll get into it i'm gonna let you start out right after that it is written and actually it's amazing spider-man 59 it's written by nick spencer pencils by marcelo ferreira inks by wayne foucher uh colors by amori holloway with andrew crosley remember i have i can't see anymore i'm going blind and vc's joe caramagna on letters telling you i'm supposed to i was supposed to go to the eye doctor last week but i have this stupid covid i can't go i'm not allowed to go so i'm done i can't see it is uh negative space part two kindred's bizarre master plan to torment peter parker included cleansing norman osborne the green goblin of his sins with this new lease on life norman revealed a secret kindred's actually norman's son harry osborne but kindred's master plan went wrong when norman and kingpin uh trapped kindred in a dark force cage norman asked peter to help reform his son but peter refused instead peter went to the home of liz osborne harry's wife where he broke the news of harry's relapse into villainy then they were interrupted with norman arrived to warn peter of an attack on the feast center run by peter's aunt may parker may was there aiding martin lee the benevolent alter ego of the crime boss mr negative lee and negative were split by kindred's machinations but negative is swooping around new york city which still makes me laugh that it's just that whole deal of it circling around. It's like Ghostbusters. New York City trying to get back into Lee's body. Spider-Man swung into action just as Mr. Negative's minions, the inner demon, showed up to aid their master. And that's where we continue here at Feast with Martin kind of talking about the idea of the sins and what he is. You know, I'm not exactly the greatest of guys, all that stuff. But you go with this. You start. Yeah, out. he actually reveals to Aunt May that he is not actually Martin Lee. Martin Lee was just this random person um, that he ended up killing and he stole his identity. And you're right. You know, I, I think it's a little weird. That uh, ever since we saw the sins kind of acting like the uh, ghosts in Ghostbusters, um, we now see this sin of what we can assume would be Mr. Negative uh, flying above uh, the feast center. And we immediately jump, you know, we get that as the opening. We immediately jump to Norman Osborn uh, talking to, uh, oh, what is her name? Liz, Liz. Yeah. Harry's wife. And he is trying to like be really somber. He's being kind of humble and saying, Hey, I understand that I am not the greatest person to trust. I, I, I have my problems, uh, really, you know, under, uh, that is an understatement at, you know, at its max, but he's saying, I really want to help you guys. And I understand that I did a lot and he was my own grandson. I did a lot to my grandson. Uh, of course, this is talking about. Uh, the events of Amazing Spider-Man 800 or mm-hmm. right or 900. Yep. I think it was nine. I, I yeah, 900. Yeah. It was 900. That's right. Yep. And so, you know, we we see Liz kind of like sitting on the other side of the the door and she's kind of contemplating. But here we get uh, Martin Lee and Aunt May again. And Aunt May is is saying, hey, you know what? I don't care who you are, or who you were. Because I know there is a good man inside of you. Like you, you've done so much for feast in the past that that couldn't have come from an evil person. Uh, and then we get some more inner dialogue from Spider-Man, um, which was really weird just because like it was almost as if he was 
listening in on the conversation of Aunt May and Martin Lee. Yeah, it seemed weird. It was it was way off. I thought that that inner monologue deal was kind of a little hokey as well. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I don't want to hurt everybody I love, but I always do. It's the same stuff that, that we've been getting. One thing before we go on that made me laugh, or not laugh, but the idea of the sin swirling around and the way that it was explained off is that feast was a holy place and the sins <laughs> couldn't get in. And that that's right there doesn't doesn't jive with me. The idea no. that what you want is you need to have Martin talk to Aunt May without having any of the sins because we see when the sins hit by the end, uh, there's no Martin left at that point. Yeah. They end up just being Mr. Negative. And if Mr. Negative was at this point right here and now, I think that he would have killed May. And you can't have that happen. Now, at the end, he does seem to have. And I think that that's a little bit of a wink, wink, that there's something still deep down because, you know, the, the inner demons, oh, let's kill the old lady. He's like, no, 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 we don't got time for that. But I think that he is sparing her because she is such a good person. But it just felt real force to have those sins flying around trying to get into the feast headquarters there, and it couldn't. And so you can have all these. But I did like May. Like it, May is smart, and May is so nice, but she's like, I was wondering why you had these tunnels underneath. And I'm like, what? Like, it, it, I understand what she's saying, but the idea of like, oh, so you're not who you say you are and you're a real piece of crap. That explains the tunnels. I got you. <laughs> and I'm like, what? That didn't really jive with me either. But you get what you need to. You get the idea that this Martin, even if he isn't who he always says he is and, you know, he ends up being a really bad guy. He is trying, he was trying to change a little without the sins, but I think that he also knows when the sins hit, they're going to hit hard. And you you show Aunt May's just a nice lady, which we know, and she's going to help anyone. But yeah, then, then you get, like you said, Spider-Man's just going around with this narration. Well, the weird thing is, is you get that, you know, double entendre stuff because in a weird thing, which I don't know why they would want to, why, why would you take Normie? To go see his father, who is in a dark force prison and looks like just the worst monster there ever was. Also, just later, you end up having Fisk talking about Feast. Oh, man, you know, a lot of paperwork and, and things like I thought he was talking about the the whole deal at, at right where they have kindred because they seem to just let anybody walk in and out of this place where you have, you know, kindred just there. It's crazy. Um, but I would not have taken Liz and Normie to see him like that. Now, did he? Do you think maybe beside that, they maybe Norm Norman thought that Harry might pop out of it, but he can't. You know what I mean? He can talk. Yeah, Remember, was, he can talk. It was talk. very odd. It was very odd because you do see uh, Harry actually react um, to to Liz crying. Um, he looks kind of worried. He has like he has a reaction on his face. Um, I, you know what I think? I think he's pissed. I think he is pissed that his dad brought her because he's there. I mean, at that point, he's like gritting his teeth at that one point. He has his hands out. And I just I agree with him. Why would you take now? Like you said, he can react. He also can talk, but he hasn't. They, and I think that this is Norman using both of them to try to, you know, kickstart his heart, as Motley Crue would sing. Um, but you end up, you know, Normie runs away. Which you would. I mean, who would want to see their dad bite? He has a big, giant centipede around him, like one of those freaking inflatable pool toys. I'm like, I wouldn't want to see that. It's it's so awful what is going on there. Now, with that, I say that that Nick Spencer writes, pretty, you know, pretty good script, all that. And it does. There are actually I say that now I realize there were a couple of times that transitions threw me off a little that I thought that Liz was actually so funny for me to confuse Liz with Aunt May. I mean, really. But at points, I actually it took me like a double tick. Like, oh, no, no, that's Aunt May. We're back at feast now because they're going back and forth with that and intertwining that narration. I actually did get a little taken aback at points with transition and I, even with Peter and the minions, the inner demons and what they were doing at kindred's deal. But yeah, they're, they're going to kill aunt may and they're there to get Martin. He realizes this, you know, they have to kind of get him to go out. But the, the weird thing about this is that I'll, I'll ask you, uh, 
when they do end up and, and Martin says, I got to go. I sacrifice myself. Come on, you inner demons. You take me, leave Aunt May alone. She's fine. And they go out and he does get hit by the demons and or his sins. And then he ends up turning into the thing saying, hey, boys, we got more things better to do than than waste time on killing an old lady and Spider-Man's here, whatnot. Fisk comes to, quote unquote, arrest him. Uh, but he's just taking him away because we had already seen there's a plan there. And he, you know, Fisk is digging into Spider-Man as well, saying, oh, man, this is going to be great. People are going to love that me and Spider-Man took down Mr. Negative. I could just see it on all the billboards again. And as they go out, you have Fisk say, you better have what I'm after. Wait, you better have it. Now, when we go to see what that is, it seems like more of just information, not necessarily because the whole deal was getting that life tablet. And now Martin has figured out then, or at least Mr. Negative now has figured out that there's a second tablet that you have to have both of those to make things work. This is why Fisk couldn't make it work before. And he's been trying to get that life tablet where you had Boomerang have it and hit it with Peter. But I wonder what, you know, when he says... he did you get what i need he's like oh yeah of course and it just it threw me off a bit because i was wondering like what 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 did they need and what could he have gotten inside a feast now they did go down below in those tunnels are we going to see that maybe he hid something there before as they went out because it was a weird concept for may to say oh you're you're bad that's why you have the tunnels i didn't know i I actually got a little confused did, did kingpin have the death tablet already no, I don't think he has. He's trying to get the life one, and he's always tried. But so, so I think it's the death tablet that Martin Lee had. Yeah, that and, he but, gave him. And and did he did he hand it? I may have missed yeah, the whole so, deal. So I didn't even yeah, see so him it's, hand. It's right. It's right after the conversation between Normie and Osborne. Um, they do they do talk, and then you see. Uh, Mr. Negative open a case. It is, oh, in oh, fact, okay. the tablet. I see what you're saying there after the fact. I, I was yeah. waiting for him to give him something right when they are getting, you know, supposedly arrested uh, yeah. with the deal. So it, I, I know what you're saying because then he opens that up. I guess that he – but was that something he had hidden in there? I don't know where he ended yeah, up Yeah, it doesn't really that. say. I think it – like you can assume maybe it was in Feast, but I think I would assume more so that – it was something that Mr. Negative probably already had somewhere. And then like Kingpin was like, oh, instead of going to the pol- police station, we're going to veer off into his apartment. Let's go grab that tablet. Okay, yeah, let's just, go to my office. Yeah, it felt so weird to get all of this machinations to get something that might have been just there. That, that's yeah. what got me. And, and okay, here's the thing. This, this is just me being wacky. Maybe that's why when I said, oh, you know, you, 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 the sins couldn't go into feast. Maybe that's the whole plan. They had to separate Martin to the sins so that he could go into feast. It must have been in there. This is what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's, you know, 100% positive, but maybe that's why they separated him in the first place. And we're seeing that all of this stuff with Kindred and the Sin Eater actually was to this, which actually is kind of a crazy thing to think that all the stuff we saw before, that wasn't what Kingpin was up to. He needed this because the only way that he could get into Feast and possibly get this is, and it has to be some way that nobody else could go get or Fisk could have just went in and got, you know what I mean? There's some weird ideas, but maybe that is why we had that hokey separation and the mention Oh, my sins can't come in here because it's a holy place. Well, I would guess maybe they couldn't if he was Mr. Negative then as well. But that that really throws the idea that any villain can't go into a hole. It's very odd. It's just the odd deal. But yeah, at the end, you're right. He gives him the death tablet and says that you need the life and the death to combine to be this ultimate thing to use it for resurrection. Almost like you you have to control life and death. To resurrect something but you can only use it once it's all played out kingpin wants to do that he's well aware now we kind of skip by with that you got me all fired up and intrigued um but the idea you do end up seeing a nice moment between aunt may and peter nice enough i mean yeah. you know aunt may's just think man we keep getting destroyed this whole feast thing is, is is crazy it's like a target she has no idea and uh also peter you know loving his 
his aunt and, and Aunt May saying about Martin and things like that. You can't just push people away, even with people there's always good in them, stuff like that, to then go off to a real nice scene with Normie and Norman. Now, at this point, I'm not so sure why Norman is allowed to be near Normie. I mean, the whole idea was get out of here. We don't want you. We're done. Uh, hey, let me show you your awful, evil villain husband and father of my son. And oh, well, we saw him. So we'll let Normie hang out with you. But they are hanging. And, uh, you know, they're out on the rooftop deal and they're getting some fresh air and norman seems really nice here i don't think that this is any sort of dupe or anything i think that with norman anyway he does have the soft spot for family i mean even when he's so villainous and ends up screwing them completely he still has you know that there's those feelings inside and kind of says you know our family's real real crazy like we don't have a normal family and i like that because as my kids get older you do get to that point it's a sad point when your kids start to realize you're not the greatest thing in the world and when they do it hits hard i mean now now all of a sudden they start nitpicking at everything like when when my kids were younger you could just say hey we have to do something you know hey we got to go here and they well why well because and that was enough and, oh, okay, Dad. Dad knows everything. He's the smartest guy. You get to that point, and Norman says, "You know, eventually you start realizing that the adults around you—they ain't so great. They're not as great as you thought." You start seeing the flaws, and believe me, we got a lot of flaws in this family. And I really liked it. And he gave him a picture of them at Coney Island, uh, Norman and Harry, when Harry was around Normie's age. And you kind of feel bad because it's like Normie's like, "Oh man, where's this?" He's like, "What?" It's Coney Island. It's your dad's favorite place. He never took you. No, no, no. He's too busy being the goblin and bull crap like that, <laughs> Grandpa. I mean, he wasn't really taking us there, you jerk. Uh, but he even says, hey, maybe someday. And I like this, too. It's one of those, like, maybe someday if your mom let, like, there's never anything in this. It's like, well, I'm going to take you. I don't care what people say. If, if everybody lets me, whatever, we can go. And I think you'd enjoy it. But then he walks in. He does turn back. And that's where Spider-Man is. So I'm like, was he just saying that so Spider-Man can hear? Or is he looking back like, hey, stop peeping, jerk. And, 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 that's, and that's the thing, though, because there's, there's moments like these, these really sweet moments where you're like, oh, man, Osborne has changed. He is such a nice guy now. But we know from many stories in the past that this is usually the moment where he's like, Yes, I have you in my grasp. I'm going to use you in the future. But it's really hard to tell because of the fact that uh, Spencer has written it to the point where apparently Norman Osborn does not have his sinful thinking. He doesn't have the persona of the goblin inside of him. So it's just... Like I, I want to trust it, but I'm very I hesitant wanna, because you know? I like I like a nice Norman. The Nor I love Normie. Normie has the worst time, and I love you know having even his best friend Dylan. He's off fighting. No, no, they can't even hang. So you have all that <laughs> stuff. And and what I like about this, what Nick Spencer's playing, if you remember, we bring it up a bunch of times that when Norman said to Mary Jane, "Hey, I don't have the sins of me anymore," and Mary Jane said, "Don't give me that crap." You're Norman Osborn. That's the evil. I don't care about yeah. your goblin sense. You're always evil. Norman Osborn's evil. So then you have this. And if Norman would have went in without turning back, you'd be like, oh, man, he, he's on the up and up. He turns back to look at Spider-Man as if he knew Spider-Man was there. And now you have to guess, was he doing that? Because yeah, he went, exactly. or, or is he turning back and saying, you know, take that. I am better. Or is it I'm turning back and saying, ha. Huh, I got my grandson right in my grasp <laughs> and you can't stop me. Like you don't, you don't know. And even more Spider-Man, even he's like, Oh man, if we didn't see that the mask on, he probably like, Oh, you jerk. I, what are you up to? Uh, but I like it. I like it where they also do a very good thing here because we had after the last remains stuff and all the, you know, the whole story deal, not just the Ellen, but the whole deal going on where Fisk was teaming up with Norman. So right there, you're going to think, no, Norman's not on the up and up. But then Norman twisted around to say, I was just doing that because they were going to hurt Harry. I have to. Now, what I like about this is you're separating Kingpin from Norman now. You have Kingpin with, 
you know, Mr. Negative. So we can't even say like, well, we know he's still bad because he's there. No, they've actually fought about how to handle Harry and all that since, you know, where Peter was listening and stuff like that. So you do that. Well, you see that Fisk, he's pretty much, you know, one minded deal. He needs to get that ability to resurrect. It only happens once all of that. Now, me and you both think that eventually that will end up being one of those where it's going to have to be used on somebody else. Uh, it, it's out there. I mean, you could end up having some real crazy stuff. You ended up saying what? Yeah, I think that the whether whether or not he'll actually do it is one thing, but I think the idea of possibly bringing back Uncle Ben could be played. Yeah, that'd and, be crazy. You know, having having that idea uh, put into Parker's brain, um, you know, is going to be very conflicting. You know, you know, it's been so long. Should I really bring him back? Is it really my decision or should I be able to do this? You know, things like that. And I think it could it could play really well comparatively to what we've been getting with Kindred. Yeah. And and just the idea, too, is going to be the end if you have all that. Well, say at the point that the only way to bring Harry fully back would be to resurrect him, say that Kindred is dead, whatever, then you'd have a thing that Norm would want to do, then you'd have a Peter thing and also a King, but like, you know, every, each one of them thinks that they have the most important thing they'd want to do. But I, I get the weird feeling because, you know, you have this story. Now what Nick Spencer often does would be that we'd go through this, nothing really gets resolved and then it lays for a while and say, I don't know, say he has a hundred issues in his run or say whatever he's going to do with this. You could then end up kind of forgetting about this, you know, next year where it just gets pushed aside. And then all of a sudden he wants to do something big like Mary Jane gets killed. And now we'd have this all pop up again and whatever. I don't know. I don't know what he's playing with, how long he's going to play the deal. Um, But yeah, he is desperate. And with that, he has... Mr. Negative, who gives him the info. Hey, you know, I'll give you this. And it's so weird that there's Mr. Negative and he's like, here, you have this tablet. Now we just got to get the life tablet. Me and you against the world, Fisk. And then he just reveals that, yeah, we're going to get that life tablet. But I have a ton of other villains that are going to go after it at the same time, which to me ends up making it not as great a heist of the other pieces and the tablet because now you have villains fighting each other to try to get to the tablet where they're going to also have to fight spidey boomerang maybe gog he's still all that stuff going on with the life tablet i think that you're ending up setting things up for you know just like a, a crazy war going on but you end up having that at the end where he reveals that he has a bunch of uh, competition martin is going to have to go through a bunch of villains and they're going to go through him all that to get to this life tablet so that this can end up being able to resurrect one person and one person only so and you know you, you get the idea that it's his wife so you end up having that it's an okay issue it just ends up kind of like I said, it's kind of not exactly what I've been wanting. I still want to get back to more of the kindred, what Harry and Spidey end up hearing. Hey, uh, you know, go and find the truth about what happened, both of you. And that kind of got pushed. Like everything always gets pushed aside for a bit. And I, I was real interested in that. Uh, this is okay. I'm actually going to go up from what I was going to give it. I'm actually going to be positive. I'm going to give it a seven. Uh, because I I don't know. I, I like the idea that we're going to get Boomerang probably in the next issue or so. And I love Boomerang. But I just wanted more of the Kindred stuff. And, and this shoots out. But I like the art, too. But what would you give it? Yeah, I think that, you know, everybody wants to just be done with the story of Kindred. Because, like we've said, every single issue that we've talked about this is that it's been drawn out for so long. But, you know, talking about it, really having fun with the idea of you know the possibilities with the with the uh, resurrection and even the soft moment with Normie and Osborne. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and move up as well. Uh, we were around the same spot. Uh, I will go ahead and and stick with a seven. So uh, it's 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 really nice. I really enjoyed the art, and I even told you before we uh, started recording, the artists on this bo- book entirely haven't been bad in, in in at all. So to have a filler and still have really good art is still a plus in in my mind. So I think it worked out really well. 
And it's funny because a lot of times people were kind of not saying that they're the same writing style or whatever, but for some reason throughout the whole deal before I even started reading Marvel. And yet, like I said, the whole Secret Empire and stuff and Caps Hydra uh, and changing the character so bad and depressed. I always got these people saying he's the Tom King of Marvel. I kept hearing this back and forth. Tom King always had good artists and still does. I mean, that's one of the things that you're never going to get bad art from either of these two guys. It seems like people are very into. Now, again, when Tom King's on Batman and Nick Spencer's on Spider-Man, these aren't shabby books. These aren't the books like you're like, hey, you want to draw some Batman or Spider-Man? Nah, I'm not into that. You're going to. But there must be something with it as well that they work well with the artists because they do get some really top-notch deals and end up being, you know, at least in Tom King's deal, he's he's very loyal to the artists with him. Mitch Gerards, Clay Mann, those guys, uh, you know, they're all kind of buddies and stuff like that whether or not you like the books themselves i'm not a huge tom king fan but you can always count on the art being really good but we're going to move on to the next book which is a book that it surprised us that we we did like it so much and it, it continues to i do like this book it is power pack number three and we end up having a book that is still you know kind of in the whole deal with the outlaw stuff but it made a story out of it you ended up having ryan north not not necessarily be handcuffed by outlaw but ends up making it his kind of his own thing and in my mind showing how crappy the whole outlaw thing was and especially the in-house rule here the kamala's law of kind of pushing these really good kids who could do some real good stuff Right into a villain's arms because they have to rely on somebody to be their mentor. And I I really like it. And it is, like I said, Power Pack number three, written by Ryan North, art by Nico Leone, colors by Rachel Rosenberg, letters by VC's Travis Lanham. And you don't really get a recap here, but I'll read this because it makes me smile. Alex, Julie, Jack, and Katie Power, four siblings, grant extraordinary powers during an alien encounter as zero-G lightspeed mass master and energizer. They became the world's youngest superhero team, a power pack. And yeah, the thing is, these characters are... It's funny, too, because especially with the manga, you end up where I read the manga, and there's always, to me, and I'm always looking for the gem of a character. Oh, man, you know, we just ended up doing the Witch Watch this this past week, a new one on the Shonen Jump app, if you're not aware, uh, the people listening. I know you are, Clay. Uh, and the thing is, there's a witch, Nico, and she's a gem. And I sit there and smile the whole time. The issues are not the issue. The, the thing I love about this is they're all gems. I just sit there anytime one of them talks. Now, with that... Katie is the gem of the gems. She is the best. But I love Julie, Jack, and Alex, too. You know, we, we joked around with the first two issues about the uh, the opening scene. Because um, you just said that there's not a uh, a recap page. There is. There is definitely there's it, but it's 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 the trope. It's the trope of what they've been doing with this whole thing. And I I immediately I knew it was coming and I just saw it and it brought a really big smile on my face because I I knew I was worried about it and it just fits the book so well. You know, I I recently put uh out, you know, on Twitter that, you know, this book is probably the most fun book that I have. I and, retweeted like, it. I saw it. And I had a smile when I saw your tweet. And, and, and the thing is, you know, there's always the argument of like, oh, what matters more? Continuity, story, seriousness, goofiness, and all of this. This book is legitimately the only book that I open and just want to have fun with. I don't care what happens as long as I'm having fun with the power pack. And that's exactly what this book is. Um, we, we get the power pack opening diary from Katie and it, it recaps the incident with the police officers. They, they, how they went into uh, different heroes headquarters to see who could be their mentor finding agent Aether. And then, you know how they came up with the idea to uh, get uh, uh, basically generate electricity, have renewable resources or yeah. Uh, you know, making cleaner air. 
And we thought we're like, man, that's actually really smart. But at the same time, like child labor laws can really have that fine line, you know, but it's great. And I, I think I like this book a little bit more because this is genuinely a, uh, in perspective of Julie. Yep. And yeah. And I like that too. Because I don't know anything about these characters. You know, this is my first time being introduced to these characters. Now, I don't know if I could do one like this every single issue, like one after the other, because then it would just follow a trope. But if I get one of these every now and again to learn a little bit more about each character, I think I would enjoy that very much. And and to talk about that, the idea where I have a big complaint when we talk about DC, Marvel, whatever, is the idea that you're forced into like this is the character through and out and and i say i'd rather see them be told but the the actual cleverness of this is we get both because but you're being told through julie talking to you and you get exactly what she's about you you're never going to get the you know the anxieties of a cat you know like this this is so good because you see how smart julie is you see also though that she's worried all the time she has like you get all of that now in that that first page though when you end up having the recap like i said there's not a recap i can necessarily read though i will end up reading a bit here because i laughed out loud and i don't do that often when you end up having agent aether he said he'd help us though uh he likes my powers best and there there's a arrow to katie and then she also has to put it so that aether says i like energizer's powers best (laughs) and it made me laugh so much that she's so happy and and that's the thing with all of them. They are really good kids. They And even in this, Julie is starting to worry about things even more, even, you know, telling secrets to their father, you know, m- mom and dad, they're, they're keeping things from. But she even says that's kind of what we have to do anyway. But this seemed different to her and all that stuff going on. But but Katie is so great because when Agent Aether with her power is the one that he wants to get probably the most because the idea that she's so cool, just a little girl using the powers, but it's such a big power that if somebody evil like him had it, boy, this would be, you know, you're going to get to see like the evilness of what that could be. But yet you already had at the beginning, one of the better things that we said when we first read the first issue where Julie said that my power is for helping, not for hurting. I'm not a fist. I'm not. And it was such a cool thing to now get it twisted in to a villain trying to get that from her you want to go and get agent aether which is the you know the wish you want to get him you know right now and strangle him because they are doing this to be so good and to try and even with that you get such a good dynamic between brothers and sisters but what i like about it is they love each other so much but it doesn't feel fake it doesn't feel forced i mean i have five boys they try to strangle each other all the time but if they were a team i would hope that they would come together like this you know when you go and start playing you know xbox and stuff then then you could get mad at each other but i love how they rely on each other but he does in such a great way that well, like, cause there's, there's the moment where, uh, they're, they're leaving class and, uh, we'll talk about it a little bit before when we actually get to it. But, uh, Katie says something about like, oh, I actually learned that starfish can't all regenerate back. That sucks. And Joey's yeah. like, you can't say that word. And the older brother kind of laughs and she's yeah, like, Alex, you're, encourage- you're encouraging her. Don't do that. He's like, well, actually yeah. it, it, it's, it's that it's the fact that they love each other, but they're also going to be your stereotypical brother and sister. They're going to poke yes. fun. They're going to tease. Yeah, it feels they're do right. all these other things. And it feels fun. It feels really yeah. good. Yeah, it does. And throughout all of that, I do care for them. I want them. And, and the way that this is where they got duped did not – like they're, they got duped trying to help. And I said where I was like maybe it went a little too long with the explanation with the idea that – you know, giving electricity to somebody can increase like everything about them because then they have lights to read it and they say it again and it makes complete sense. And now I'm glad we got that because, you know, you're reminded that they were duped, but they were duped because they thought they were helping 
everybody, especially kids and the whole deal, because when we get into this, they are going to town. They are making so much what they think, electricity, all this stuff. They are going to end up helping so many people. Uh, and I like even that when they get done and you end up having uh, Aether, who's doing a great job, too, of duping them. He's not like cracking the whip. He seems very concerned for them. But he also is not taking into account he does not realize they're that smart. And that kind of business I'm doing near the end, especially with Julie, that he's just, eh, they're kids. I I can, you know, manipulate them and and dupe them all this time where we thought he was going to end up screwing himself over remember he had that big he like he was liking to write out his evil plans and then he threw them in the trash that that didn't come to the whole thing that we thought what he tries to do is just outsmart these kids and thinks he can do it easily but they get done and, and right away i was i had such a smile on my face like oh my god you guys did so much today you're the greatest i've ever seen at doing this we are going to help the world forever and ever all right and you have katie's like yeah i tried my best and then you have well i wasn't really even trying where you have them trying to act cool but then when they're called what you weren't trying, Jack. Why weren't you trying? I mean, we're trying. He's like, I, I didn't mean it like that. I just, I just wanted to look cool, and it, it made me laugh. And then they're like, Hey, bye, see you later. You know, Mister Agent Aether. And then he's like, All right, farewell, Mass Master. Like he knows he's trying to dupe them, and they end up going home. And you get the homestead stuff too, which I like, and I like this combo. This is what I think that. I like Scotty Young on Strange Academy. If he decides not to do that, I say Ryan North goes right over there and gives it because he gives such a good, solid deal between the superheroing and the at home would be just like in that book where I want the schoolwork and then the other stuff. I think it would mm-hmm. be great. Because yeah, I think it would work really well. Yeah, when when they go back home, you just get like you end up having Ryan North does not end up and maybe some people it would drive them nuts. But you don't end up having everything to have to focus on superpowers, superheroing, because the book is about their family. The book is about them being a family. So that when they go home, you end up them arguing about lasagna and <laughs> wanting to eat. And then even seeing to remind you that their mom and dad are scientists and things like that. The dad has got the boys at the lab. I always love the boys at the lab came up with this. They came up with a pan that has a 45 degree rotational transformation so that all of the, you know, the powers family can get a corner piece of lasagna because that's the best. And it's something they always fight about. So he's used science kind of pseudoscience, you know, to do the whole deal of, you know, going with the idea they all get a corner piece, which would be impossible. I actually thought, man, he's cooking two lasagnas. What's going on? But then he explains <laughs> it. And even that where you have Katie, oh, man, Jack, you better not have taken the corner pieces. He's like, there's seven other corner pieces. There better be. She's so mad. But then they realize, and this is where you realize, like, you don't realize that something's wrong. You just figure, ooh, the, the parents are going to figure this out because they are they're famished they are eating so much and they're tired and this leads to seeing that you know they've overdone it but also have gotten their power sucked out of them as they go because they're just eating like man i haven't seen you eat like this we got some hungry kids here and they're just going to town with it but even with that you end up having like nice little asides like the mom like hey jack if you want you know alex jack if you want to have seconds you have to be in the kitchen for them like weird little like things that sometimes get overlooked that don't they don't get you connected with the family as much as this does and i really did like it and then you go off and you go from here because then you go off and now we're going to go heavy into julie's deal where she's laying down she's looking at her phone and and thinking about all the stuff that has gone on and what they're doing yeah i really enjoyed this part just because like i was saying before this is majorly a retrospect of what julie is thinking throughout the entire book And the reason why I like that is because, like I said, I don't know this character and I'm learning more about her, but I'm learning more about the stuff that I hadn't even read in the first place. You know, her having some sort of relationship with the future foundation and, you know, you see her having like a a, 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 either a Zoom meeting or just a a, some sort of Skype call or whatever with somebody there. Um, 
which I don't know who that is personally, but you also hear like you're reading about how she does have a little bit of those anxieties of like, Oh, well, you know, am I going to make it as a really good hero? Because Mm -hmm. yeah, I can, you know, fly at light speed or whatever, but is that something that I really need? And she even doubts herself to the point of saying like, you know, if there is too much danger, I want to run away. And here she, although she isn't like fighting crime, you know, she's still helping people in the sense of like making this renewable energy. She is still listening to uh, police radio. So she does still care, which I think is really, really cool. And in a sense, it's almost like her, her way of thinking is kind of throwing shade at Kamala's law and everything that's going out with the uh, outlawed stuff, um, which I love in a small sense, just because we haven't been enjoying that book. But uh, we see the next day they're at, they're getting out of school. They're about to walk home. Um, they, well, they're actually about to go to uh, Mr. or agent ether to start working again. And even, uh, shoot, what is the, the middle kid's name? Uh, Jack. the young Jack, Jack, that's right. Jack, he's like, Hey, before we go over there, can we like go kick some butt? Like, let's, let's go do it, man. We gotta, I need to, like, I have all this pent up stuff. I need to go do it. And Julie's like, Well, good luck because I've been listening and there's hardly anything out there. Like, yeah, you, you can't find anything, anything going on. And as soon as she says that, there's a huge explosion. And, wouldn't have expected this character to be in this book, but Mm-mm. Taskmaster just pops out of nowhere and they're like, okay, let's do it. We're the only heroes around. We we got to stop him. And this is where they learn that their powers have been drained because uh, Taskmaster does a really cool thing with like shooting a police officer's bullet. Visuals are really, really cool, but we see uh, Julie is able to save a police officer, but when she attempts to save everybody else, her brothers and sister, uh, she isn't fast enough. And so Alex actually uh, puts more gravity onto them, pushing them out of the way. Uh, and that's when they start to realize, hey, there's, they're, they're there's, all struggling. there's something wrong here. Because even uh, Katie is unable to do anything with electricity. Her powers are drained, like we said. But I love this, like, Julie is super smart in the sense of, like, I know that, you know, all of us adults kind of think that we're better than everybody when it comes to certain subjects that we think we know a lot about. And that's all that Taskmaster is. He's he's a mimic. And so he he knows more about fighting. He knows all about this stuff. And so Julie clearly, you know, is just like talking up a storm, trying to get his attention. And when he, like, he even like socks her in the gut and, you know, she attempts to this part, this part, you know, you laughed out loud with the uh, preview page. This made me laugh so hard. And I know it was something that Julie was intentionally like trying to mess up to, you know, kind of boost his ego and and thinking like, oh, you don't know how to do this. I'll show you how to do it. She jumps on the fence trying to like jump out at him, but lands flat on her face. She has to have facial surgery needed. <laughs> she has such a face plant, like flat. Like, and it is crazy, even having though. the plop, even the plop yeah. little like oh, yeah. word. It's so good. I loved it. It is. And she she even says like, oh, I got his attention now. He's going to try, you know, his ego can't help it. He's going to sh- try to show me how to do it. And when he does jump, that's when she tells Katie, hey, I don't care how much your energy has been zapped. Like you need to put all you have into this fence right now. And put the fence because when he goes to jump the fence, and I like this where she says, well, okay, and she thinks all this going right here. Okay, he's he's a mimic. He mimics things. So that's probably that he's very, you know, upset because he's he only can do stuff that others can do. This is his thing. So then when but he she's gonna mess up so that he goes and does this like hey you couldn't do that watch me and and she's taking a chance but that face plant's crazy and yeah and the idea that it's a fence and she's already figured out okay katie has to have enough power 
to maybe electrify a fence. And, you know, maybe it'll hurt them. Maybe it'll knock them out, whatever. And they do it. And so that's a really cool thing that Julie was able to figure out as the rest of the team. Even Alex and Jack are freaking out because their powers aren't working and they're starting to yell at each other. Like, that's all you could do, Mass Master? Like, that was ridiculous. But they end up stopping you know the whole deal now with that you have to laugh again because it's the same result for taskmaster that he face plants <laughs> right down and is in such an odd position when he's jack there. like starts to poke at him. with a stick he's saying like <laughs> stop playing with the villain and uh yeah the police come and they even say hey we're we're mentored by agent aether i would assume that the agent or the mentor should have been there but I think these guys are like, let's just get Taskmaster and get the hell out of here anyway. And yeah, they do not have their powers. Now, one of the funny things, and you mentioned it earlier, was when they came back and they had come back from the lab and they come in, they're like, hey, everybody, we got to pretend we were at the park, we're at school, all that. That's when they go in like, oh, Katie, what did you learn today in school? I learned that every starfish can regenerate the limbs if they're thing. Then she's so pissed the next day because she actually does learn that that's not the case. And I don't know that she's like. Maybe that's something mom and dad will figure out. But I think she's just mad because it made her look dumb the day before she made up that. And like, man, those starfish are stupid and gets all they suck because she had just told her mom the night before that all starfish regenerate limbs and then finds out the next day that's not the case. And that ruined her whole deal and also probably ruined how cool she thought starfish were. Uh, but, yeah, that was a funny deal. Well, they go into the lab then for Agent Aether and again. He plays it up so good, like the idea that he's concerned with them because they think something's wrong. His machines have done something to them. Maybe he's a villain. Maybe he doesn't know. But when they come in and like, hey, you know, what's going on? We don't feel like we're as powered up anymore. And then he is so smart to jump in and say, ooh, I was worried about the machines would do that. You know what? Let's like he's on their side still. It really throws them off for a minute. And again, he thinks that. He's going to be able to dupe them. But Julie is too too smart. The rest of them would have went with it because they didn't think it through of like, well, we'll get you strapped back in. We'll reverse the turbines and then it'll give you back your energy again. And Julie's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not how it works. Yeah, I even, mean, the even turbines Jack go, and Katie are like, all right, charge me up. Let's yeah, go. Yeah. Let's do this thing. I like how, too, that Julie ends up grabbing them as they run by. <laughs> she doesn't even turn. She has them both by their coats. And she goes, whoa, whoa, wait. That doesn't make sense. And she says, exactly, we're, we're generating power, but it's not magic. We turn a turbine, a magnet moves made of a coil of wire and some electricity gets made. Faraday's law of induction. Turning it backwards does not put powers back. You can't just say, okay, we're going to end up, the, you know, she's dealing with the idea that what he's saying is a real life thing of electric. You can't just do that at a power plant, say, we want to take back the electricity. No, it's made and, and that, and it, it would just make it again. And so she says, no, 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 that's not right. You would know that. Why aren't you, you know, why are you lying to us? And he's like, well, no, I'm just kind of, you know, stalling because now you're under my four things, you know, glass tubes that I'm going to put you in as prisons and says you're little idiots. But again, Julie did figure it out. But I think that she's very concerned. And with that, you even have it where she's concerned now because she, you know, I should have known more. I should have known before all that. But you end up seeing it's the wizard. He fully reveals himself to them. And then just laughs. laughs. Hey, whenever you end up, when uh, you know later, just tell them that the wizard sent you. He's so happy, and we saw that before. That he's very big on getting a lot of accolades and kudos here, but he has their powers. And he says, I wasn't making electricity. I was just stealing your powers for myself. And now I'm going to go cause a lot of problems. Now with that, Julie, she knows that she can kind of stop some things here and get out of these cases. But if she shatters the glass, it could cause some problems. So she doesn't know what to do. But you end up having... You know, wizard seemingly using uh, Katie's power to shoot a fireball uh, energy ball at them and whatnot. And she's going to have to do what she has to do. And we end up, you know, things smashing and all that and to be continued. I thought it was really well done. I thought yeah, that this I, I issue think was that fun. the the ending wrapped it up really, really well, um, just because. Like I had said before, her questioning whether she is an actual hero because of the way she thinks, you know, whether or not she should run away when it comes to dangerous and everything else. You know, she says here, 
hey, you know, shattering glass may not be very fun, but I have to do what I have to do for my family. Do it. Yeah. And I think the last panel probably bumped my score because I did say before we started recording that I was going to be. I'm going up as well. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I just had fun. I got fun talking about it. Yeah, this 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 ending here just like wraps it up in a really nice bow. And I really love the way how she she grew in just this one issue yeah. uh, from oh, the yeah. very beginning to the very end. It was a and complete that's the thing. growth. What, and I love what that. I love. Yeah. What I love about books like this and me and Brandon end up and it, it's something with just me coming in with fresh start is the idea. Like, I don't know or didn't know a ton of characters. Yes, I tried to just jam pack tons of I just ended up at the point where we were going to start the podcast i never said anything to anybody but i had the idea i think in a couple months i want to start this i want to go and do this i was you know bitching and moaning a lot of why isn't anybody doing a podcast with all the new books things like that and then i waited and waited and decided i hey, the hell with it i'll, I'll just do it. but i started reading all these stories and then just boom we go in but i didn't know all the characters i don't i still don't know all the stories i mean i'm not it's one of those things on an aside there was a, another podcast that was completely throwing shade at me you and brandon and it it infuriated me because they made it seem like we were here to say we were the experts and we're no i know we're not and that's our point. I've said that's it the whole thing. Every single time that I've been and on that's here, why I'm I new think to that, this. Yeah, and that's the thing. <laughs> I think people may like that because some other people are new to it as well. And and when if they're not, you know the stories. At least know that I'm not saying I know anything. We're, we're dummies, but we're going into this. And I love these mini series when they're done right, especially because I learn about characters. And you get it quick. You get it all this. You get the big. And I think that now, if Julie shows up in any book, say she's going to be. You know, out of nowhere at the end of the summer, she shows up in a champion's issue. You'll know her now. You'll know her from this. And this isn't anything that's crazy that Ryan North is trying to reinvent the wheel here. He's giving you the essence of the character. And that's why I love this miniseries. That's why I love the bunch of things. When we first started doing the podcast, if people were listening then, it was the minis that I was really drawn to because I was learning about the like Cosmic Ghost Rider. I mean, the idea of going and saying, okay, well, uh, Ghost Rider, this, that, it's Frank. Like, I had no idea and i was like oh crap this is cool and and liked it so yeah i just i wanted to mention that then we were getting shade it ended up being this one thing and they ended up telling the person who was involved in the website uh, not realizing that these things are connected it's like really like the weird science marvel comics.com is not connected to the weird science marvel podcast who's the (laughs) dummy and and so uh, with all this and that aside I'm really enjoying this. I'm telling you right now, this shouldn't be the case, but my score even gets a little higher because I looked at the next cover and it made me laugh. That's in this issue, right? The cover? Because it's Jack with Wolverine, who he wanted to be around before, where he was all excited that they could maybe get a mentor out of Wolverine, and it looks like he's going to be in the issue. That's hilarious. And I need a book that I end up this book. Again, if if I would say, what does this book remind you of? Does this book remind you of the Marvel stuff? Does it remind you of the DC? It actually reminds me a lot of the manga stuff. And that's mm-hmm. something that makes me smile because it's all for the smiles. But also you end up realizing, oh, my God, I got feelings for it, too. Like at the end, if, if something happened to Katie, I'd be so upset. And it's just from these couple issues of how great she is and stuff. I'm telling you, if all of a sudden we didn't get a recap page with her scribbling her drawings because she's in the hospital, I might cry. I might lose it because I like her so much or she's there in the hospital drawing for me. Uh, But still, I I really like this. I'm up to an 8.3. An 8.3. I might even go to an 8.5. I'm telling you, I really enjoyed it more. The second I scroll eight five. That's to take yeah, that. I'll, I'll match you. I'll, I, I was going to say eight, but just because we've had so much fun, you know, like we're we're legitimately laughing with this review because this book is seriously fun. It has really uh, knee slapping moments, and I I really like. I'm just looking up now. I want to know more about what Ryan North has written, so that way I can see where he started from and see where else you know I can get this type of yeah. writing. Squirrel Girls, the 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 big one, uh, and that's good. Uh, that was one of Reggie's big ones, so that was pretty cool. And yeah, I, I like his. I like, it's funny too because I like 
this sort of deal, but I also do like Scotty Young stuff with with and it, it's there is a common thread. I like when you get the young characters because they are more optimistic. They haven't been beaten down yet. They're very enthusiastic. They love the idea of having having powers. And Ryan North does a great job with this where you could have had somebody come on and go with the idea of, well, we've had our powers for a while and we're not saying and and made it miserable. But why? Why would you do that? So yeah, I'm gonna go eight five. We're we're gonna be positive. Take that other podcast. <laughs> that I will tell you which one it is when we're done, Clay, but I won't reveal it here <laughs> just as yet, but I will tell you. But uh, tell everybody, including them, they seem to listen all the time. They seem to be our biggest fans. They know everything that we've said wrong. I wonder if they realize what we said right. Well, I, I said something right. They're dummies. <laughs> but you go with that. Where can we find you all over the place? Yeah, you can find me, of course, at uh, the Comic Book Legion podcast, the Batman News Weekly podcast, of course, here, and as well as the uh, Ranger Alliance podcast, which is a part of the Geek Ultimate Alliance network. Yep, that is that. And so, yeah, check Clay out. And me and you went pretty long there. So, and luckily, I we were going to do three books. That would have been like seven hours with me and you with the, the <laughs> mush mouth going. We got the motor mouth going. But yeah, that's what happens when we actually like a book. So we have that going for us. And we were even a little more positive with Spider Man. 